Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. I kept turning on the TV saying, I have to watch this for the show. I have to watch this for the show. In that voice. No one was there. I was just saying that. Because that's that's her to, to myself for voice. for the show. And uh, now I don't remember what I watched, but I would watch a... A few minutes here and a few minutes there of something so I could have something worth saying about it. And now, if you'd asked me what it was I've seen, couldn't tell you because my oldest is just power watching elementary, which I'm not opposed to, but I wasn't watching but that. But it's hard show. to. By the way, you can power watch elementary too. It's excellent, fine treatment of Sherlock, but we'll do an all Sherlock show one day. It's good, the end. You dove into Daredevil, Daredevil. season three. Oh, yes. before we even talk, Luke Cage is canceled. What? I. What's going on, Netflix? I, now, Iron Fist did not surprise me. I honestly, I figured they were probably on the fence about that as it was. But wouldn't you cancel the Punisher over Luke Cage? I I, would, I, I loved. I, I actually liked Punisher more than I did Luke Cage. Really? Yeah. Okay, I but guess like, I would have to I watch mean, it. Honestly, like John Berth, he, he kind of nailed it. Like, okay. I, I have seen a whole bunch of bad Punishers, like the the Thomas Jane movie, mm-hmm. the uh, the what the two thousand eight one. I don't even remember the name of the actor in it, or the Dolph Lundgren <laughs> Punisher from what was it like nineteen ninety? Punisher has been a character that has not seen a lot of. I'm going to say faithful translation or good live action translation ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be harsh. Like, there's things that I can pull out of those movies that I'm like, oh, okay, well, they did that right. But on the whole, they're not. They're not good. People were not like re- wanting to revisit those years later. Um, but this one, and, and again, a character that showed up initially. In Daredevil season two, yes, and that was awesome. There, there. So there's does a this moment. Mean there's no defenders. Does this mean I? What's going on? Okay, here here's what I think is happening, and I, I I'm not like an insider. I don't know anybody on the inside. Oh, you're going with the Disney theory. Okay, who is in Heroes for Hire? I don't know. Adam. Okay, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are the heroes oh, for hire. Oh, okay. If Disney, like, they probably have the right, Netflix probably has the rights to those two shows. They don't own the characters. They don't own, like, any any interpretation of those characters. If you do a Luke Cage season three, Netflix probably has dibs. If you do an Iron Fist season three, Netflix get dibs. However, if you're doing Heroes for Hire, Disney, they, they probably did not purchase the rights to that particular comic book, but mm-hmm. it does feature those two characters. Disney can migrate that over to that service. The Defenders was not so overwhelmingly, like, I guess, positive in its response that they know people may react better to a Heroes for Hire, which is what everybody said that they wanted anyways. Daredevil has a season three. Jessica Jones is currently shooting her third season, and I believe Punisher is either finished or in the process. So, like... 
There have been two seasons of Punisher? I thought there was just There one. is a second season, I think, that they are either in the middle oh, of okay. or have finished. Right. It, it's not debuted. However, because Netflix has put up the money to put those, you lose money if you have those in the can and you just choose not to show them. Mm-hmm. Now, you... If there is not a Luke Cage season three, you haven't started shooting it, you haven't started pre-production on it, you're not losing any money on that. And Disney, like I said, may want that Heroes for Hire property because you still get kind of the carryover from any of the Netflix people that want to see what is, in essence, Luke Cage and Iron Fist season three, but it's a it's a team-up mm-hmm. of Heroes for Hire. Um, or Netflix may be willing to... To give up a couple of them, they may have. Whenever they they said, "Okay, we want Daredevil for our streaming service," and they're like, "You can't." Daredevil is it's critically positive. Um, we've got the data for the views on it. We're not giving up Daredevil. And Disney's like, "Well, we can get it into a litigious battle with you, and we'll win because we're Disney." Or, <laughs> or because Walt's frozen head said so. We we want you to give us this property and this property, and we will allow a let's say, a fourth and fifth season of Daredevil, at which point after that, um, we want to take the character over and you can have Jessica Jones for up through season four and let's say a third season of Punisher. I, I'm I'm thinking maybe because they know about... Netflix knows that Disney is going to be a legit contender to their throne. Disney has the money. Mm-hmm. They own their... Um, all of the, the rights to their films, or they will, which Netflix currently streams. 20th Century Fox, which they just purchased, they also own the back catalog of any of that. Plus, probably a lot of the Fox shows that have been on the air since, when did Fox come, what was it, 89 or 88? You're telling me that Disney now owns Family Guy? Essentially. They huh. also own The Simpsons. Because they purchased 20th Century Fox. Never Never uh, would have put those two together. Yeah. But, like, I- I'm going to tell you right now, like, Disney isn't stupid. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to take it off and make it all family friendly. The reason why Disney used to put things through Touchstone is so they could have more mature content. Mm-hmm. They don't want to damage the Walt Disney brand. Because when I mm-hmm. say that, like, you're thinking of, like, Old Yeller. You're thinking of, like, Snow White. Uh-huh. That brand right there is imprinted in your mind. You don't want to, like, put out Pulp Fiction under the name Walt Disney. That'd be hilarious. You damage that brand. However, do you know who owned Miramax? Disney. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, Miramax put out Pulp Fiction. They put out a pretty much every one of Quentin Tarantino's films until Weinstein sold Miramax to Disney and what brought them over to the Weinstein Company. I, I don't hear any Disney bigwigs commenting on wine, Weinstein at all. Probably uh, intelligently. Yeah. Um, they, they've cut their ties with that. Like, they, they own Miramax's back catalog. And I'm just saying, like, if you want proof positive that Disney's not afraid of mature content, look at what Miramax put out. I just had a vision. It's a new show. It's a reality show. And it's called Cell Buddies. And it's Cosby and Weinstein. Is it a reality show or is this somebody doing No, it's a reality show. It's just the two of them talking. It's just the camera that's set up in there. That's it. That's a podcast, like... That's, I guarantee it's interesting. I yeah. don't. I it's not PC, and no. oh my goodness, like the the what I'm sure the lawsuits 
you could get into for that. But I'm going to tell you right now, it'd be worth a listen. It sure would. The things I'm thinking of in my head are funny, not funny, and I'm just going to stop talking right now. It's probably the best, yeah. uh, Just want to throw that out there. Because wouldn't they kind of go to the same types of prisons and hang out together? Not unlike, yeah. I would think. I guess. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to... But I mean, I mean, like, I said, like, okay, Deadpool. Disney owns Deadpool now. Hmm. If you have seen Deadpool one or two, if you or if you've ever picked up a Deadpool comic book, if you've had any experience with Deadpool whatsoever, Deadpool is not a Disney princess. No, though, but he would totally be one in a minute. Actually, techn- Rocky Horror Picture Show is a 20th Century Fox. Film, is it not? I think it is. Okay. If it is, Frankenfurter is now a Disney princess. That's hilarious. That's beautiful. But I, like I'm saying, like getting back to the, 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 the genesis point of that, Disney is going to be a serious contender for Netflix. When does it launch? It's, it is, it's soon. I don't know the exact date, and my phone is dead. Okay. But I'm just saying Netflix pl- probably does not want to make an enemy of Disney because mm-hmm. they've had a pretty decent working relationship up until up until now. Okay. Like whenever Disney's like, oh, we want all our stuff. So, Daredevil, I have chosen to not start it yet because I know once I start, I will be able to rationalize not doing everything that I need to do. Because, not sleeping because I know how good I hope it's going to be because seasons one and two were I. Talking about binge-worthy, Daredevil defines it for me. There is a moment in the second season where the Punisher has got um, a sniper rifle, and he is picking off hand ninjas while Daredevil and Elektra are just punching and stabbing them by the tens and hundreds. Mm -hmm. That moment in that gave me the same feeling as it did when you've got that 360 shot of the Avengers in the Avenger movie. Whenever it comes down, you have the horns come in with that score, the bah, mm-hmm. bah, 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 and like Iron Man like stands there hovering, like you see Thor twirl his hammer. Like I got goosebumps in the theater. I was like, I have been waiting for this <laughs> moment since the first day I picked up a comic book. Like it was it was just euphoric. Mm-hmm. I and I remember every time I experience that movie, that's the moment. Like I just every I'll tell people to shut up right before that's about to happen because it still gives me chills. Like it is such a perfect moment in the movie. That was it for me. Like that was another such experience on that that rooftop moment when I'm just like Electra and the Punisher are murdering hand ninjas. Like, I, I just, I ran it back. For those who don't know, these aren't ninjas that are shaped like hands. If no, you're they're not, they're not like the, the hamburger helper guy. It's, yeah. And as much as <laughs> hey, the turtles fought the Foot Clan. Let's think of it like that. That'd be fun. <laughs> and as much as the turtles fought the Foot Clan, this is what they were actually parroting by calling them the Foot Clan. The name of the, the clan that, uh, that Daredevil and Elektra both have a lot of history with is called The Hand. Do you know who trained Daredevil? Stick. Do you know who trained the Turtles? Splinter. That's that's no coincidence right really? there. Really? Yes. East, I, Eastman and Laird like were huge fans of Daredevil. The, the retro mutagenuse that causes the Turtles to mutate, supposedly... Say that word again. The, the retro mutagenuse. 
Mutagenous. Retro mutagen ooze. I see. It's oh, o o z e ooze. Yes. Okay. Not not mutagenous. <laughs> that's not no. I I prefer mutagenous. <laughs> now that's a great word. Like I don't know what it hashtag. What does that mean? But like. <laughs> But basically, the <laughs> the canister that struck Daredevil that heightened his senses yeah. is the canister that runs into the sewer that mutates them as well. Basically, like the first issue of Ninja Turtles is a parody of Daredevil of sorts. I did not know that. Yeah. They're huge fans of Frank Miller's Daredevil, which if you haven't read and you're one of the comic book faithful, like it, anything that Frank Miller did with Daredevil, um, he was as as much of an icon or had as much of an impact on that character as when Frank Miller touched Dark Knight Strikes Again. Like my uh, mind's kind of exploding now. It's I like it's fantastic. Like if you haven't read that, Kevin Smith also had a very impressive run called Guardian Devil, um, which I would love to see them adapt. And as they own the rights to all of those characters now, there's no reason they shouldn't. Is would Silent Bob be Guardian Devil or Um he Smith wrote it, so he'd probably at least get a a executive a con, you know mm. executive producer credit, and then Brian Michael Bendis for years basically just wrote the definitive Daredevil. It's him like taking the kingpin on, like honestly, like that that needs its own separate podcast. If you wanted to just go story arc by story arc, showing what he did with that character. Mm-hmm fascinating i own every volume of it um the art in it is just it's impeccable the writing um and a lot of that stuff you kind of see mirrored in a lot of uh the daredevil show they're they're pulling pretty heavily from brian michael bendis's daredevil and frank miller's daredevil so of the daredevil that you watched from season three because of something like work and family responsibility. Sure, you haven't sure. done all of right, it. Right. Ridiculous. Uh, fabulous? Daredevil is not a character, and the show is not not afraid of it either, to do a little bit of a slow burn. Like, if you're wanting to see, like I said, that rooftop moment, mm-hmm. again, um, that doesn't happen in the first or second episode. But I'm going to remind you, go back and watch Daredevil. Like, the first season, Daredevil doesn't show up in costume till the final episode. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, the build that they do, the way that they they kind of, like, create the anticipation for this, that's what makes those moments all the better. Like, he's spending a lot of time getting healed. I'm going to remind you, the last time you saw Daredevil before this is when a building got dropped on him. And I don't mean that as a metaphor. Oh, yeah. In Defenders, Matt Murdock has a building dropped on him. Like, so he's a little beat up whenever this starts up. Mm -hmm. Um, Bullseye, which is a character uh, very famously a part of the comic book series. That's his Joker. Oh, okay. Well, or maybe the Kingpin. Either way, Kingpin and Bullseye... Are, are two of Daredevil's greatest villains. Like, Kingpin is kind of a more of a Lex Luthor in that he's using all of his resources to defeat this guy. Mm-hmm. Bullseye is almost a physical match for Daredevil. Okay. So, like, when these two, like, decide they need to tangle, like, it's it's devastating. And in the comic books, I, I like I said, I haven't watched all of this season. 
Bullseye is responsible for the murder of somebody that Matt Murdock loves dearly. Okay. So I'm not I'm, got... I'm not going to say anything more to it. But bull, like I said, Bullseye, much in the same way that the Joker killed the second Robin. Uh-huh. Bull, Bullseye has that relationship with Matt Murdock, and Murdock and Bullseye do not get along. So help me. I don't like I said. I don't so know. So help me if it's my favorite lawyer. I'm going to be if, so ticked off. I'm saying maybe Bullseye shows up in the fi- the what final if? episode. Maybe he shows up halfway okay. through. Uh, May- I'm annoyed already. I'm just putting it out there. Like whenever Bullseye gets involved, and Kingpin is heavily involved in this season. So both of them are in season three. Yeah. Now I thought I read that um, what's his face, who was so awesome in season two, is coming back. The bad guy from season two in Daredevil was, you know, him. He was in Lost, not Lost World. He was in... Um, Lost World. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum? What? Yes. Uh, Jeff. Uh, dare, dare, uh, <laughs> uh, devil. No, uh. what's his face? He was in... Um, my phone's not here, so I can't tell you. I can see his face. He He had a career as a svelte man, and now he is a man of size, and uh, he he was in <laughs> he was in the first Jurassic remake Dealey with Chris Pratt and he was Vincent, that guy. You're talking about Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes, Kingpin. Yes, Wilson Fisk. Oh, he is Kingpin. Yes, that's why I was like, who else are you talking? I didn't know that Vincent was his D'Onofrio name. D'Onofrio is yeah, he is Wilson Fisk, and like I, I'm like. Did that, I know his name was was Kingpin in season two? I think it refers to him as Kingpin, but look, F- Wilson Fisk is his name. Yeah, within that's the confines what I knew him as. Of the... And he was fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So he's back. That's that's all I'm gonna throw in. And uh... like, I I know how I want this season to go. Like the the way that Bendis and Miller wrote. Uh, Daredevil was basically just to torment him, mm-hmm. like put him through everything, get him to the brink of death and not kill him. Wilson Fisk and Bullseye are both a part of this season. If they do this correctly, like you just take Matt Murdock to the brink, like Wilson Fisk has the resources to destroy everything that he's ever worked for. Mm-hmm. And Bullseye has the capability to kill everyone that he's ever loved. You want to put a character in like a dramatic position. You want to wring some tension out of that. Mm-hmm. That's what you do with this season. And you you have the characters that have the history with Daredevil to do that. So clearly I can't just one night go, oh, it's 930. I'll just watch this one. Probably. Yeah, no. I- I'm saying like you are, if you do this correctly, this is Daredevil's Dark Knight. Okay. I'm talking about like Heath Ledger, Christian mm-hmm. Bale, Krishna Olint. Like that film really brought those characters home. They didn't necessarily adapt like a storyline proper, but like they understood the relationship between those characters. Yes. I'm looking at season one and two of Daredevil, and they understand Matt Murdock. They've brought in Bullseye, which tells me they've read like plenty of the comic books that these guys have been sourced out of. You have his two greatest foes. I'm not even saying they have to team up, but if they are taking on Matt Murdock at the same time, it's harsh. That's man. oh, that's that's a good season right yeah. there. And they're like I said, they're slow burning it right now. Like he's he's not quite as strong as he was. Again, building dropped on him, 
So let's say like you get this you get this guy in like 70%, 80% of full. You let him come up against his two greatest foes. A physical match for him on his best day is fighting him when he's not at 100%, while at the same time Wilson Fisk is pounding away at this guy's personal life. I and yet when you pull back just a little bit, you think, oh, Daredevil, he he's going to go and do whatever. He needs an indestructible guy. Hey, Luke Cage, why don't you show up and meet me here? Uh, help me out, buddy. But none of that stuff other ever actually happens. I guess it's the same reason why in Iron Man 3, he wasn't just like, you know what? I, you know how we could solve this? Yeah, Thor. Yeah. Hey, can you stop by the, uh, the yeah, it's by the pier. It's that abandoned warehouse. Um, yeah, I just Adam's need you, doing fake phone hand. Just I so just, you know, just <laughs> I will. I was talking to Thor on my. Just because they don't get to see the full performance does not mean that I don't give it. I have not been able to stop watching Thor Ragnarok, and I can't. Every time I hear "Twas indeed hilarious," I start it from the beginning again. Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? <laughs> I, I know that this is some sort of mental illness on my part, but we, I, I, I don't I want to go stop. into it in too, too great of a detail because we've done it before. But Ragnarok is, it's just a lot of fun. It is. And like Daredevil is a good watch. It's not like a fun watch. No. Because like, basically you're just seeing a man tormented to almost the brink of death. That's when Daredevil, like, truth be told, those are his best stories. Mm -hmm. Is when, like, you take things that from him that he loves, you kill people that mean something to him, you destroy his personal life, you destroy his firm, you take everything that means anything away. Those are the best Daredevil stories. Not, not a feel-good story. He is, like, Superman is a symbol of hope. Like, he... People are, are drawn to him because of what he stands for. Daredevil stories are at their best... When you torture Matt Murdock. In related, if, yes. If I've got a guess, or if, and I say hope, and I mean that in a weird way, that's where I want this season to go. Because I love, I love this show. It is easily my favorite yeah, of the Marvel TV too. shows. There are 10, 12 episodes? I think, you it's, tell me I think eight. it's 10. Okay. I think it's 10. But I might, it, previous seasons have had about 13. Remember back in the day when a TV season at 22? I, or if you want to go back to like Bewitched or Andy Griffin, they had like 32 a season. That's how it should. Could you imagine 32? Oh, you wouldn't be able to work at all. They, we don't have that at three seasons. <sighs> I know. But I mean, that's like when you're talking about how like Gunsmoke was on for 25 years, like when The Simpsons finally got to their 25th season and they're like, well, why are they so behind on episodes? It's because they're doing like 18 a season. Mm -hmm. Gunsmoke, I don't even know what they were probably doing 35 a season. Mm -hmm. That's that is extraordinary. Just to, to stay, uh, we'll briefly touch on some more superheroes. Have you, and I'm going to assume you have, but have you watched Gotham since the beginning? Um, I have touched on it a little. Like, mm -hmm. I have, I've kept read up on it, and I actually have the seasons kind of backlogged. But, again, I can't do those in a quick burst because they're, they're like, full-on seasons. Mm -hmm. I, like, getting through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been difficult, not because the show is not entertaining, but, like, I can't burn ten episodes, eight episodes. It's like a 22, 24 episode ordeal. So 
I've got to put away a lot of time or, you know, kind of maximize it or kind of ameliorate it over a large span of time to make mm-hmm. sure I get all that in. I I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I tend to kind of what I say, watch it and fast forward. I don't always pay attention, but I know what's happening. And sometimes I'll like sit and watch a few episodes and like focus on it, but I kind of just know here's where they're on the planet, here's where they're not on the planet, here's where they're in the Matrix. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I, like I'm watching it like with, okay. with bated breath. Well, I desperately, desperately want you to watch Supernatural, but I'm just saying. Remember the because that what did we say? It's at 14 now. It, I think? Their season 14 is current. I'm, I'm just saying it like I know. However, I'm going to put right above Supernatural, you need to watch Gotham because it is one of the few TV shows. And I can't tell you what network it's on because I watch it on Hulu. Fox. Okay. It's Fox. It's one of the few TV shows that's not a Netflix, Hulu original, or Amazon that each episode is very similar to a little movie, production value-wise. The thing that has fascinated me for what kind of what Gotham essentially be like started out the way the way it sounded whenever they were like you know coming this season it sounded like it was going to be a procedural show starring Jim Gordon Mm -hmm. like and I mean that that enticed me but like I also was I was like well but you're also I'm not getting the Jim Gordon from like the Christopher Nolan movies like Mm -hmm. you know if you've got that actor yeah yeah oh I'm I'm in like and it really felt like I watched the first couple episodes that, that that's what it was. Procedural crime show on Gotham. It has almost kind of become what I've been kind of gleaned from uh, previews and other things that I've read about. It. It's basically Rogue's Gallery, the show. Like they have really, really kind of leaned into that and mm-hmm. let the 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 villains take over the show and like very much so if you're going to let somebody do that um besides like the only other rogues gallery i can think of like that is spider-man's like mm-hmm. i mean you've got mysterio you've got the green goblin you've got dr octopus you've got the vulture i mean you can just sit there and for like m- minutes discuss or just i mean min- just name off you can discuss those characters for hours Batman is probably the only other person, and I'd say probably has the best villains. And and this is what has kind of given them so much life in television, uh, comic books, video games, movies. They because not only do they have these fascinating characters at the center of all this, but like with Batman, you've got the Joker, you've got the Penguin, you've got the Riddler, you've got Catwoman, you've got Mister Freeze. Like even when you get down to like your D-listers, mm-hmm. some of these characters are even fascinating. So, what I really like about this show, I mean, I know the Batman story. I don't know it in detail as you do, but I have. There's not a whole lot to do. Take I take have, some time. I Most have, people have spent that amount of time getting doctorates. Yeah, whatever. I have a more than passing knowledge of Batman, and I found this to be fascinating because it's not just from the point of view of not yet Commissioner Gordon, but when you first meet him, Batman isn't Batman. Was he 12, maybe? 
Well, I, I don't. I don't know exactly where this story starts. It Bruce Bruce Wayne was very young yes. whenever it happened in all the iterations. Like I think this one was probably close to around like 10, 10 yes, 11, 12. 10, 11, yeah. 12. And so the guy that they cast, no, I don't know his name. The guy that they cast to be Bruce Wayne has grown into just what you want him to grow into. I mean, he was clearly a beautiful child. He was probably a child model. I don't know. But much uh, much like one of the guys from Stranger Things, the one with the cheekbones, that yeah. guy, he's just... He has great presence and bearing, and now he's 17-ish Bruce Wayne-ish. So, so he's essentially young John Hamm. Yes. Is what yeah. He is young John Hamm. Which, if we're, if we're going to touch on that, like uh, uh, Ben Affleck, who is currently Batman in the films. I, I love Affleck's Batman. I don't think he has been in exceptional movies, but Ben Affleck is a great Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, you may not like Justice League as a whole, but his Batman's fantastic. And the thing is, he has never got to have his own starring. He has been a side character in someone else's movie, Batman versus he Superman. no longer Batman? Yeah. Uh... I, I'm saying, like, apparently they're done with Affleck as Batman, which is a mistake. But John Hamm is pushing hard. Really? Hard. To get the role. Okay, well, he and, needs to have And it. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't know what his Batman like looks or sounds like. I don't care. But that man is flipping Bruce Wayne in an insane way. Like, yes. I'd say put the put a suit on that man and you'll see what I'm talking. But I, I, I think he's always in a suit. Even when you see him in like a t-shirt and athletic pants, he probably has a suit on underneath it. John Hamm needs to be Batman in a bad way. Very much so. Like he wants it. Like and go back and watch any season of Mad Men. I didn't even tell know me I that he can't play now. tortured. Oh. I'm just I'm saying John Hamm is is the perfect Bruce Wayne. Well they have uh, whoever this kid is, you know, I will look him up and he's like he's actually thirty five but looks seventeen. Whatever. Which happens a lot. Yeah. He's fantastic. Cast the the casting is great on this. And you get to see not just, for instance, Penguin. You get to see how Penguin became Penguin, which I only knew was, you know. Yeah, Mr. Joker. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't have the Penguin backstory. It's just there's Penguin, and I can name all the bad guys. There's Riddler, this and that. And it may not be exactly how you recall some of these characters are, but... It's so well done, and it's like, well, that explains it all. Yeah, Penguin, obviously, a little wacky. And who plays his dad for three or four episodes? It was Paul Rubens. Yeah, yeah. I saw and, and when that casting fantastic. Came, that honestly, that's what convinced me that I needed to go back to the show. Yeah, uh, it is certainly worth your time, and it's it's well produced, it's well acted. Yeah, there's some amusing stuff in it. It's I'm not going to say it's a, um, a a comedy in any way, but there is some humor. It's a dark. I I think you get away. It is entertaining. It's a dark comedy, yeah. It's entertaining. It is. It's going to be more drama than comedy. It's going to be police stuff as well, but it just all really works well together. And 
it deserves some time. Right now, I, I did not watch any of it last year because I wanted to watch it all at once, which is what I'm doing now. And so I am more than halfway through season four. I'm going to assume season five has already started. And now Poison Ivy was in season four, but she's really, she's kind of had it with the people she was hanging with. If if your only, only introduction to Poison Ivy was the terrible 1997's Batman and Robin, <laughs> um, delete that from your mind. The character in the comic book, like Jeff Loeb has used this character to great effect. Really a fascinating like character that when used properly mm-hmm. is a good villain. Right. When when misused comes out like the the neon nippled spectacular that was Batman and Robin. Yes. Uh this poison ivy and and how they're all connected. See, I don't know cuz I didn't read the comic books. I don't know if the connections I'm seeing between Poison Ivy and Catwoman and this and that, I don't know if they were that connected through the books, but the way they are written through Gotham makes sense, and it's interesting and beautifully cast. Um, are, are you privy to what's going on with Suicide Squad 2 right now? They're making a second one, and I, I I say I say this, and I know that the the first one is definitely a flawed film. Yes. Um, w- what I tell you next may interest you. Uh, you have James Gunn famously being fired from Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three, who wrote and directed those movies, just gangbusters. Guardians of the Galaxy One and Two, I I would argue, are better than Thor Ragnarok, and you and I have got all of the love for that movie. I actually, yes. in my uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, and Ragnarok, to me, are equal, and they both give me the same amount of pleasure. And James Gunn has a huge part to play in the Guardian success. Yeah. Guess who Warner Brothers is signed to write and has a is leaning hard to direct Suicide Squad Part 2? Take my money. I, I'm just, and I, I say this, and I think I, I justify it because essentially, Suicide Squad is the Bat villain movie. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are a bunch of uh, like not all of them, but in, most of your auxiliary characters there are Batman characters. You've got maybe a Flash villain in there, or like one that's been gleaned from this part. Mostly Batman characters in there. Guess who Gunn is trying to convince Warner Brothers to let them hire as Bane? Mm-hmm. Dave Batista. Who famously, famously oh. played Drax the Destroyer. Nice. Who who has pretty much said he wants nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 if James Gunn is not a part of it. I think I know what he's going to be doing. Yeah, I do too. Like I said, not, none of this is set in stone. Like right now, Warner Brothers has hired him to direct. If they don't like the script, like that can all fall apart. But I'm saying James Gunn's Suicide Squad 2 with Dave Bautista as Bane? Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah, I am Like, too. I'm all kinds of in. Like, you're probably going to have Will Smith's um, Deadshot back in there. I, I'm just saying, like, Suicide Squad's problems, like, are not unfixable. Correct. And I'm saying, like, you, you keep Will Smith, you got a Dave Batista. you let James Gunn cherry pick the Bat villains that mm-hmm. he wants. I, I know that the DC, like, EU has not always put them out of the park 
But Suicide Squad, as run by James Gunn, putting the kind of the same spin on it that he did the Guardians movies, like that's a Suicide Squad that I want to see. Yeah, me and too. Batman has enough villains, which Gotham has famously used. I'm mm-hmm. saying you let him dig into that toy box. That's that's a franchise. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a multi million billion dollar. Oh, for sure, franchise. If you let him sink his teeth in proper, hopefully they will. So, but but uh, binging wise, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. no, I'm now you got me all excited about that movie. Binging wise, Gotham is worth your time, and you don't have to know anything at all about Batman because I suspect a lot of the approaches they're taking are not canon to the comic books. But which honestly, and it's the stance I try to take on any of this. Entertain me. Yes, and if, it does. If you've done a Star Trek movie and you violate like episode like eleven out of season three, if you entertain me, it's all made up anyways. So, Whatever. Um, James Gordon in uh, all the other movies, he marries Barbara. Yes, Barbara is his daughter. No, then I'm thinking of something else. Bar- what well, his Barbara Gordon is the one that ends up becoming Batgirl. Okay. Maybe it's just because of the lack of caffeine. I can't remember her name, but I thought maybe... I believe I believe it is Sarah no. off the top of my head. Okay, well, then they've changed it. Anyway, she may very well become Batgirl. I don't know. But he starts out with who I think is going to be, you know, Mrs. Commissioner Gordon. And she turns out to be crazy. Like, for real? Like, for reals. And uh, she's... she. She's an extraordinary villain. Don't know if she existed as a villain in the others, but she's... And that was such a surprise. If you will look at the talent over just across the board, going back to the 60s Batman, that you can pull in for these Bat villains. I'm just saying, like, Burgess Meredith, like mm-hmm. Cesar Romero, um, Frank Gorshin, Jack Nicholson, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Tom Hardy... Liam Neeson. I'm just saying, like, yeah. The if you put these in the hands of the correct people, they are juicy, juicy roles, and there is nothing more fun to play than a villain. Exactly. Like hero. Like I, I, I love Batman and I love Superman. I have tattoos of them on my body, but not his face. No, not yet. Um, Chris will probably put a stop to that. Um. There's there's so much fun like and as an actor like I I've played like your your straight laced hero, and I've gotten to play like the bad guy, and there's nothing like playing like especially when they don't they're when they're saying don't restrain yourself like <laughs> go back and watch Nicholson and Tim Burton's Batman, I if you want to argue that that's not the canonical like Joker, who cares. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson is electric in that. Yeah, there is. is there is as much a a place for Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker. It, like you you don't have to be a fan of one of them. If you don't like Jared Leto's Joker, I don't care. I don't. I don't think I, I don't know anybody that's told me they did. It, he was fine. I, that's it. But, but I'm saying, but like, Harley Quinn outshone him, outshined him. But I'm saying, like, when you were talking about being in. Like the same pantheon that like Mark Hamill, his his animated Joker. Oh yeah! Holy cow! I'm it's just saying, amazing. you cannot get away with being the Joker on Gotham. Okay, is insane. You you but I'm saying like Leto, you can't be okay in the role. 
Heath Ledger, like, won an Oscar for playing a comic book character. Yeah. Like, go 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 back to like the 1960s. Tell somebody someone's going to get an Oscar for playing a comic book character, a <laughs> Batman yeah. comic book character, and, and watch go, them laugh in your go, face. Pow! No way! Zap! Boom! <laughs> I'm just saying, like you you put the, these roles in the right hands, and like you have no limit to where you can go. And that's what Gotham is now. It's the yes. villain show, and it's. I just really can't say enough uh, that's good about it. I don't really find any flaws in it. And it's a great starting off point if you've gone, oh, I don't think I like Batman stuff. Well, you might like this because it's different enough. And he's what's so cool to me is he's just now in season four becoming Batman. And it was for a while he was much like Daredevil. He just kind of had a coat on and he pulled a hat down. Like, uh, I think I'm supposed to fight crime. I should do that. Or uh, Tom Welling, when he was doing Smallville, when he was playing young Superman for 10 years. Like, the mm-hmm. point that I'm just like, that's about five years into it. Wasn't he, to, wasn't he not Superboy no more? Like, what? <laughs> it, like, seriously, by the time Tom Welling left that role, like, he had already been man for three years. <laughs> like, and, But uh, they took a similar, yeah. similar approach to it, um, uh, again, after course of 10 years like you can't argue that he's young superman anymore now you will find that this gotham physically looks dark much like daredevil is physically a dark looking gotham gotham is a dark seedy place and that is exactly what they've given you and like you want you want pleasant and like apple pie go to smallville okay or Mm -hmm. maybe maybe metropolis Go to Metropolis or, yeah. or go to Central City. Go to any other place. Go to Metrocity. I, I'm saying like you, you want you want happy and like go lucky. Like watch the Flash. Okay? Flash like, is good. Flash is a lot of fun. But there is a there's room for arrow and mm-hmm. all of that, which is basic here's what I think happened there. The producers went to Warner Brothers and said, We want to do a Batman TV show. And they're like, uh no. However, you can have Green Arrow. Green Arrow in the car- the comic books is this very liberal leaning, like jokey guy. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen an episode of Arrow, he is not. Jokey. Ollie Queen is not a jokey guy in that. Like he is driven. One might say very Batman esque. I I really think they were just like whatever. We're doing our Batman show. His name's just going to be Green Arrow. <laughs> I, I really I really think that's what Greg Berlanti ended up doing with that show. He's like, fine, whatever. Really, he's rich. And he, he's got a lot of resources. And he's got a mansion. Fine. Sounds like Batman. Fine. We'll call him Green Arrow if you want us to, but we're making a Batman TV show. Now, uh, I will throw this out there. We will one day do a podcast where I don't mention comic books. It'll probably and, be a day I'm sick. Yes. And we have anyone else but me fill in. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I never read comic books. They I just, they weren't around. They they existed. They just weren't in my house. <laughs> I never crossed my comic mind to read a comic book. Comic books were still 20 years yeah, right. from being created. But... Uh, Binge worthy watching. I'm all about Gotham, and it's an excellent show. It is. It is a difficult world that we live in now to escape comic book influenced or themed things. 
true. Like, There's... okay, Road to Perdition, the Tom Hanks movie came yes. out, is based on a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? The uh, Aragorn starred in it. History of Violence. I cannot think of it. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen, yes. based on a comic book. I'm oh. just saying, like, all of, most of, um, what was it? Uh, it's the movie with uh, Professor X, Angelina Jolie, and Morgan Freeman in it. Wanted. Salt. Oh, uh, yeah, very close to wanted based on a comic. Is book. salt based on a comic book? I no, I think yeah. it was just. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go off into that <laughs> tangent. Wanted based on a comic. Well, I'm just saying, like you really can't escape with the proliferation of Marvel film, mm-hmm. them in television. Like it's just it. It's everywhere, and it's very successful. Like it's a billion dollar industry right now. Just because like you have never touched a comic book. Most of these are entry-level stuff or mm-hmm. explain it to you in a way that, like, if you don't have 20 years of, like, graphic novel, like, history pumped into your brain, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, any any like any of the CW shows, you can pick those up without having touched a four-color funny book ever. Well, these are some binge-worthy things that are, I think, uh, companion pieces. Daredevil on Netflix. Currently, four seasons of Gotham on Hulu. They're both... Or uh, Fox, if you're watching it first run. Uh, they're both dark and... Yeah, yeah, they're they're not... Yeah. There's not a whole lot of sunshine. Not in either one of them. They, they've got... I only have good to say about both of them. They, they have uh, a lot going for them. And now, what do you want to watch with your kids? Uh, you can watch Gotham with your kids, like, you know, 10 and up. Not so much the Daredevil. Dare, Daredevil, I, I mean, honestly, like, I, I would say you're closer to, like, 16 or 18. Yeah, yeah. Like, some mature stuff goes on there, like, just period. Like, it's not it's not for a young audience. Like, when I let, when I was thinking about letting my son watch it, because, I mean, we were only a couple years removed from the Avengers, and he's he's died in the wool with this stuff, mm-hmm. too, or one of my sons. Um, when Daredevil came out, like I had just happened to catch the first three episodes. Then I watched Daredevil, like give a brutal beat down to somebody. And I was like, Oh, this, this is not film Avengers. Like I was thinking yeah. we were talking about Iron Man, Captain yeah. America, no, no, Thor, no, no, no. this maybe not a hard M rating, but like stuff goes on in that. Like there's, there's drug dealers, like there, there's murders, like if there's a seedy underbelly to the Marvel Universe, that's where Daredevil lives. And Gotham, also seedy underbelly, but they're on the top of the seedy underbelly heap. If you if you stand there too long, you'll sink into it. Yes. But yeah, yeah. But you can see once in a while they show the ocean. Uh, in season four, they spend a few days in Italy. Uh, California, but you know, you you get to see a little a little bit of shiny happy people briefly before more beatdowns. But anyway, uh, binge worthy stuff for sure. And if you've never binged anything, well, these are you're great. the problem. These are great places to start. You're the problem in today's world. So thank you so much for listening. Happy binging. I'm Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens.